Hello, and welcome to Smooth Scaling, the podcast from Insight Partners that helps revenue leaders scale their software companies at every stage of growth. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan, and today I'm speaking with Iran Aloni, Executive Vice President of Ecosystem and Business Development at Gong, whose mission is to accelerate revenue team productivity. Iran was employee number seven at Gong and was their chief customer officer until recently, where he was responsible for customer success, customer support, professional services, and customer training. Welcome to the show, Aran. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Well, we, we love to dive right in. So as you reflect on your career, uh, and you had a, an amazing journey there at Gong so far, what's one customer success initiative you've been involved with that had a major impact on revenue performance? Yeah, that's a great question. One of the, the ones that had a huge impact was really launching a self-checkout or a self-service mode for our customers to to expand their subscription. As, as funny as it may seem, up until around two years ago, the only way customers could buy more of Gong was to talk to a salesperson or talk to a CSM, depending on the segment they're in. And it worked great. We had a huge uh, and still have a huge expansion motion with our customer base, and it worked really well. So, you know, the first question is like, why change something when it's working so well? And what we saw actually is that we had, uh, first of all, a lot of revenue that was untapped. So customers that could expand or in, in some cases used more licenses than they purchased, but it wasn't obvious, you know, this customer is using 20 licenses more than they purchased. It was thousands of customers who use one or two seats more than they purchased. And, you know, building a motion that is very manual to go after those accounts or talking to customers and listening to them and hearing them say, look, I just want to add one or two new team members to Gong, or there's a team who's not using Gong today, and I want to add a few members to see how it works for them. It's just a frictionful process. I have to talk to a salesperson and get a quote and approve the quote and, and go back and forth. And our CS and sales teams were overwhelmed by just running through that process. So we decided to, to just test it out. And it was a really interesting process of getting our product team to build uh, this feature and really integrate our product team deeply into our sales processes, sales operations processes, CRM, finance, and also make sure that we measure the impact of that motion before we switch from motion that worked really well. So that that was a, a longer process that I imagined, but also at the same time had much bigger impact that I think any of us had imagined. So happy to dive into that. Yeah, well, let's definitely dive in because I've already written down about five or six deep dive how-to questions. And, and the one I, I think that you know I'd love to start with is that's change, right? It's change for your customers. It's, it's also change for your internal folks, the AEs and CSMs who otherwise had been picking up the phone or sending emails and so on. Amongst those two groups, where was there more friction? Was it more with the customers or was it more with the internal people? There was actually zero friction from customers. Customers loved it. It's uh, much easier for them. Customers want to be self-sufficient. And um, it's not that we blocked their option to talk to a CSM or a salesperson if they wanted to learn more and, and, and really understand how to get that done. But if I hired someone new for my team and they need a Gong license, I, and I can do it in two minutes instead of going through seven emails and three different people and you know five days later get my CFO to sign a contract for 
one seat, then, you know, we got a much better customer experience. I think internally, it wasn't so much that there was friction, but there were a lot of questions, both around the customer experience, but also like, how do we know that this would actually drive, you know, the right behavior, whether it would drive more revenue. And I think that was the core point. Are we not losing opportunities when a customer wants to talk to us about expanding? Maybe they're thinking about one or two people that may want to use the platform, but maybe there's a much bigger opportunity there that we're missing. Yeah, you just hit on one of my six questions there, which was, isn't there a big opportunity to do a a larger upsell or cross-sell when you get those people on the phone as opposed to having them buy a seat or two here or there? Yeah, so I think we address this in two ways. One, data, right? You can argue, (laughs) you know, you can argue about those type of things day in and day out, but at the end of the day, if you can show with data what is the actual behavior, then data trumps the day. And the other thing is really listening carefully to that feedback and understanding the use case and addressing it, right? So, for example, we have very specific rules and very specific criteria about the experience, meaning which one of our customers has that experience open by default? How many seats you know, can you purchase online without involving a salesperson? Operational processes around if a customer buys you know, within a few weeks, multiple times, there's probably a conversation to be had because maybe there's something going on. And we started this with much more stringent rules, meaning let's start with only a subset of our customers. And we actually did a blind test to see that the performance is actually measurably higher. And we did it as a blind test because we wanted to make sure that we're not changing the team's behavior just because they're excited about the new feature that we're launching or a new process that we're launching. So basically what we did, we have an amazing operations and data team. So we basically took two cohorts of customers that are very similar in terms of size, recent expansions, renewal dates, usage, et cetera. And we just marked them on the back end. And then we enabled self-checkout for one cohort and did not enable to the other. And we actually didn't tell the CSM and the salespeople initially that which one of their accounts is enabled. How did customers know that they had the option to, to buy? And I'm wondering kind of, I would assume you have soft limits like a lot of SaaS companies do in their products for precisely this reason, to give a great customer experience, but also to promote upsell. Did did you send an an email notification to the admins? Did it pop up in the platform? I mean, we have had a self-service motion for customers to be able to add users for forever. And we didn't change that. What we did change is when you added users and you're either at or over your subscription, we basically added a step there saying you're at your subscription or over, how many licenses do you need? And then you'll get an invoice within 24 hours. So that was the only step. So like I agree to purchase those seats and then in order to provision the next seats or assign a license to those new seats, you know, I agree to purchase those seats and, you know, you'll get an invoice in 24 hours. So basically it was a very simple change to begin with. Uh, So we didn't have to pre-notify customers. It, it just added this like very subtle and easy 
to use step when they, you provision licenses to users. Just so I understand. So they could have gone into the system on the admin backend and added users, but now they got a notification, likely via email, that said, you know, your ad are over the number of users. Would you like to add more? Click here, brings them into the experience. So it, it just brought it more front and center to them. Yeah, it was basically almost like a B2C experience. Like you're in the system, you want to add a user, and then right there and then you get sort of a pop-up or a product form asking you, okay, in order to assign more licenses, you need to purchase more seats. How many seats do you need? And just a very simple interaction. And basically we run this for a couple of weeks. And so like super, first of all, no technical issues, no customers complaining. And then we started seeing almost immediately that we're getting more revenue from those customers and much lower friction. And once we saw that, we expanded the test for a few more weeks to make sure that it's consistent. And then we saw basically within six weeks, we saw 50% increase for that cohort versus the other one. So it was really a no-brainer from a revenue perspective. And then we added a lot of the investment around the processes and the nuances and like, how do we make sure that, you know, if a customer bought multiple seats, then there's probably a discussion to be had. If we see that the seats are, you know, in an, a team that has a lot of people who don't have seats, then maybe the CSM should reach out. You know, how do you identify when you go up market with this? How do you identify customers that their contract is so complicated that you're not actually sure how much they need to pay for additional licenses because they may have like complex tiering, et cetera, et cetera, right? So we added a lot of process and automation around it. And the number one thing to get the sales team comfortable is not have any channel conflict, meaning if this is your account and they're buying online, you're probably doing a good job. So it's part of your, you know, it was, and I believe still is part of your quota attainment. And, you know, you don't want salespeople to tell the customers, hey, if you want to buy more seats, talk to me, don't buy them online. That's the last thing that you want. So we wanted to make sure we don't have that channel conflict. So many times companies wrestle with, what happens if these sales happen through other channels, right? Like I once worked for a company that sold via direct. They also sold online. They also sent catalogs out. I mean, there were tons of ways that people could could purchase. And we always had this debate if somebody, you know, bought through one of the indirect channels, does the salesperson get paid? And yeah, if if, if you do that, you have exactly the problem that you cited that then the salesperson is going to tell them, talk to me, I'll give you the 10% special discount or whatever it is. They're just do, doing whatever they can to make sure that the person doesn't doesn't go through the indirect channel. If you were to run an initiative one more time and had to change one thing about it, what would you what would you have done differently? What, what hiccup could you have avoided? I think we underestimated some of the complexities just working with the ops team and the finance team, right? When, when you, we really launched it to a wider audience, the complexity of running this across the board where impact on revenue and impact on forecasting and different type of contracts that we had in place, we underestimated that. So that slowed us down. If we, you know, had invested a little bit more ahead of time, you know, engaging with those stakeholders sooner, we we could have rolled it out to a larger cohort of customers faster. Excellent. Well, just to wrap up, I have, I have one or two lightning-ish round questions for you. They don't have to be quick answers necessarily, so we'll see how far we get on each of these. But the, the, we deal at Inside Partners with a number of hyperscale 
CEOs and CROs who are, you know, growing their business and aspire to have organizations like what you've built at Gong. So what advice do you have for a scale-up CEO building out a customer success function for the first time? I think one thing to keep in mind is customer success is not just a default place that is there to solve problems that no one else is tackling, right? Customer experience and customer success and driving value to customers is not only the customer success's team role. So you have to think about it holistically. You have to think about it from a product perspective, from a sales perspective, and how that organization fits into the bigger picture. And if you don't have that level of alignment organizationally, or not everyone in the company is oriented towards customer success, then it's very hard to build a team that is successful when they're going in the opposite direction than the entire company. What is something that you put in place you, the collective, you at Gong put in place to ensure that the sales team, the product team, the marketing team, right, like other specific teams had that customer success aligned entrance so that they wouldn't deviate to do a local optimization on on whatever got them the biggest bonus at the end of the year. Yeah, I think in some ways it's the most simple thing to do, but it's the hardest thing to do as well, right? And And these are really live those you can't just say that you care about this. You have to live by it, right? And those hard decisions are where, as leaders and as companies, this is where you show the rest of the team that you're not just saying that you're optimizing for customer experience or for raving fans, but when you actually have you know, a, a difficult decision to make, this is how you make decisions. And if you do that, then people follow. If you don't do that, then people know that at the end of the day, their other metrics are more important and they would choose to go that way. Yeah. And I, I agree so much that this is a leadership from the top thing. Over the course of my career, I always wondered, what is it that makes some companies have great cultures and others have not so great cultures, despite the fact that the the values on paper are more or less the same. They may have slightly different wording. And the thing I realize is that it comes down to the founders or CEO, whatever, whoever's in, in place, walking the walk, not just talking the talk, holding themselves accountable and holding others directly accountable. So I, I think in this instance, for example, if somebody was, you know, whatever, locally optimizing on something around product or marketing or sales or what have you, that didn't necessarily have the existing customer best interest in mind, right? It's on the CEO to, to call them out and make sure that the company does the right thing. Well, Iran, it was such a pleasure having you on and, and thank you for sharing your wisdom of your experiences at, at Gong and congratulations on shifting over to the, the new role leading up the ecosystem and business development function. Thank you, Jeremy. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Smooth Scaling Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend. For more information about the topics we discussed today, check out the Insight Partners blog at insightpartners.com slash blog. See you next time.